Eddie Brock. I want to give you my story. People love serial killers. Cletus, why me? What's mine is yours. And what's yours is mine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And today we're going to be talking about the new movie that's only in theaters, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Dude, I've been actually pretty excited for this movie. I remember it got delayed a bunch of times, so I'm not probably not as excited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I'm still fairly excited. Uh, but before we get into that, let's jump straight into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. So, uh, Ken, do you have anything kind of special you want to share? Yeah, well, the last week, um, you know what? I, I think I alluded to it last week on the newsreel where, you know, I think one of the, well, our uh, TNR question today was like, hey, uh, do you try to watch Netflix uh, movies or TV series like right away or do you generally wait? I generally wait until the FOMO actually gets me. Mm. And this week it got to me. Uh, Squid Game is the TV series that I do want to share. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kept seeing all these memes and I actually was hearing uh, from people around me that, oh, you got to watch Squid Game. It's really good. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want I don't want the hype to kind of build in my own head. And uh, I was like, OK, well, you know what? And this was last Friday. I told my coworker, I'm like, you know what? I'll go watch it this weekend. And I almost avoided watching it. I was like, because I was busy, you know, with some of the podcast stuff a little bit. And uh, um, I was catching up on sleep because of, you know, editing the trailer and everything. Because that took me longer than than anticipated. And then Sunday night, I didn't have anything else to watch. So I ended up starting Squid Game. Um, and I watched a couple episodes. Mm. And I'm glad that I didn't watch any trailers because that first episode caught me off guard. And I was like, whoa, what is this show? And it got me hyped. And uh, yeah, watched two episodes. Except mm. I might rewatch those two episodes because I realized that I can watch it with Korean um, audio and English subs. I didn't realize you could switch it. Cause oh, that so English, you're watching it dubbed. English dubbed because that was the default. And it was not great. So, And I already liked it. So, uh, man, I need to rewatch it going back with Korean um, uh, audio and then English subs. All right, that's good to know when I started because I find even just like with other foreign movies that I try to watch, like I try to watch this Netflix one with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and it was dubbed. It was not, it's not good dubbed at all. But yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, the thing that bugged me about this um the English dubbed was that I you know, I generally watch with closed captioning on regardless. 
it was like way off with what was showing up on my it was it was distracting more than anything mm. um and it didn't help that i was watching it pretty late but i am liking the premise and i love the first episode the second episode you could tell they're setting up the rest of the series or whatever kind of a minor spoiler but yeah i would probably recommend it. i think you would like it mm. all right I might wait off a little bit, wait for the hype to go down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll start it. That's probably smart, what I'm man. Do. Don't don't let the FOMO get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll definitely keep an eye on it for sure. And it's on Netflix, so it's easy easy to access. Yes. Uh, mine is also on Netflix, uh, but it's a movie called The Guilty with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He plays basically a. Uh, a 911 dispatcher in the movie and it just takes place in one location basically really? just him on the on the phone oh i find that really interesting i really enjoyed the movie when i was reading like i, I shouldn't have done this but i read like facebook comments and i mm-hmm. forgot that people on facebook are can sometimes be uh they don't understand what they're talking about. It's like, like this movie sucks. It just takes place in one location. Where's all the action? I'm like, that's not what this movie is. That's not the type of movie that this is. It's very much a drama suspense. Like that's very auditory. And you know me, I love audio stories. So this one really resonated with me. I think. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, if anyone could pull that off, it would be a guy like Jake Gyllenhaal because I feel like he's got a lot of range in, in, in his kind of like delivery and the way he talks. He can kind of emote very well and um, give you just just different emotions going on, right? And I feel like if there was anyone, it would be him. How did he do? Uh, yeah, he was... Oh, he's always good in the movie. But yeah, like I thought it was he it was really well acted. There were some parts where it's like um like would they re- would he really react like this? Mm-hmm. But it is like a very like high stress situation. So I kind of I feel like he does a really good job with high stress and you know intense stuff. I mean, obviously we we got to watch the uh um Nightcrawler with Nightcrawler uh in season 1 of our podcast. And, dude, he does intense really well. Yeah, I was afraid of this movie a little bit just because it was um, a Netflix original. Uh-huh. But overall, I would say I would recommend it. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, like when you described uh, where it just takes place in that one scene, it, uh, it does remind me of, uh, I guess, the saying that they do have in the industry when it's uh, and it's usually reserved for TV, you know, and they call it bottle episodes where it just takes place in one spot. Um, and I there have been TV shows where they would have bottle episodes where they've been super memorable. Uh, One that immediately jumps to mind was in the final season of Mr. Robot total bottle episode. just took place in, in an apartment um, room or whatever for the most part. And uh, it was probably arguably one of the best TV shows of I've ever seen. Mm. It was, it was that good. Um, And so, yeah, that wouldn't bug me at all. Just having that be in the room, and and remember that one uh, net. I think it was another Netflix special where it was uh, Zendaya and uh, oh, and uh, John, David, John Washington. David Washington. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet, 
but I, I've been, I started it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting watch, but that's basically a bottle movie too. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So just a little bit of episode cleanup from last week. We talked about Shang-Chi. Do you want to remind the audience of what the poll was? Yes, for uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, we ran a poll uh, asking you guys, the audience, which MCU movie had the best fight choreography? And the four choices that we gave uh, were Avengers Endgame, uh, Captain America Civil War, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And... In a bit of a surprise, and, and we actually did allow uh, for write-in votes. We actually didn't get any write-in votes this week. Uh, this week, but in a little bit of a surprise, Shang Chi actually ran away with the 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 win at fifty percent. Dang! All right, yeah, fifty percent. Like especially with some of the other candidates that you put in there, um, I thought that's a really hard movie to beat. Sometimes I thought maybe you should put Black Panther on there. Yeah. But then it's like the way they presented the choreography is just, especially in the last fight scene, just always disappoints me. Even though I think yeah. the choreography is good. Yeah. It's just you can't see it. But <laughs> I actually like the uh, the combat uh, when they were uh, fighting for that, you know, the, the traditional fighting. I forgot what they called it. But um, yeah, when they were fighting for the the mantle of black Panther. Those are yeah. good fights. Cause those are good. These, those are, those are more grounded. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's a Shang-Chi definitely good, uh, good choreography in that. And guys, I do want to remind you, if you want to participate in our polls, it happens every Tuesday on Twitter and Instagram. That's going to be at weekly real. All right. This week, like I said, we're going to be talking about venom. Let there be carnage. Eddie Brock comes back with his partner Venom, or I guess in a, a bit of a symbiotic relationship, one might say, and uh, they have to defend the world against, uh, or at least their town against Cletus Cassidy, a serial killer, let's just say with a, a little uh, slime up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah. uh, but spoiler warning, guys, it's only in theaters right now. If you want to go see it, go see it. I Spoiler alert, I did enjoy the movie for the most part. But spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about everything from the whole story to the post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. So, and yes, there is a post-credit scene. That's not really a spoiler. So, we started a new segment here on the Weekly Reel. It's kind of a little bit different. It's kind of the same where we kind of talk about topics. But the the little bit of a kicker is Ken doesn't really know what I'm going to ask him. And he doesn't know what... I, wait. Ken doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. And I don't know what he's going to ask me. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So it's a bit of a spontaneous thing. You know, just off off the cuff a little bit. Keep things a little bit interesting here on the Weekly Reel. So... That's what we call the double feature. There you go. The double feature. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get it off uh, my question right off the bat. I'm going to get it out of the way. The post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like I said, spoiler alert. If I'm going to get it out right now, Venom and Eddie 
you know, we saw them just chilling out wherever they were. Where where were they? Mexico? I think Mexico, yeah. Yeah, they were they're just chilling in a hotel and all of a sudden stuff starts um shifting in their room and it's revealed that uh him and Eddie went to basically the MCU cuz we saw Tom Holland's face on the TV, we saw J Jonah Jameson on the TV. And it's basically playing the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. And so my question to you, Ken, is how do you think that they got there? What what are your predictions? Is it the Watcher from What If? Uh, Is it Wanda from like WandaVision, whatever she was doing over there? Or was it Doctor Strange and whatever version of Doctor Strange you might be thinking of. Or it could be something else. What do you what do you what do you think? Or even or even Loki, right? Oh yeah, or even Loki. Yeah. yeah. I want to say that they're gonna find a way to have it so that all of those events happen <laughs> at the same time. D all of the above, man. Um I mean I think though it just because it's uh you know with the shared I guess Sony extended Spider-Verse, I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, and obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think in the immediate grounded kind of, um, you know, kind of in that little corner, I guess, of, of Marvel. I want to say it'll be more Doctor Strange just because we have that movie coming up with No Way Home. I would love to actually see, even though, man, you know, I, I feel like the worst Spider-Man movies have been where there's too much going on. And I feel like no way home is kind of trending in that, in that, in that zone. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to spread themselves too thin, but it would be pretty darn cool to be able to see uh, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock and Venom in an MCU movie. And I feel like we're going to get that at least a, a little bit of a cameo or something because it's not an accident that you know he ba- he was basically watching that same exact footage from far from home just like you said and um something happened before where he got transported because all the surroundings around him did change it was like hella janky it didn't seem like he was in a nice part of mexico or whatever and then it just transformed into a nice little cabana type place right yeah, like, and apparently the room was occupied by somebody else. Someone already. else. <laughs> yeah, that too. I thought that was funny. <laughs> I would have to agree with you, though. I think it's going to be more Doctor Strange than anybody. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they spaced out these Marvel movies like this, where uh, Venom is basically two months away from Spider Man No Way Home, Eternals is in November. I feel like Marvel Studios and Sony um, were basically all collaborating to figure out, okay, you got to put Venom far enough from Spider-Man, but makes needs to make sure that it happens before Spider-Man because he's actually going to be in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory is that he's going to be the, the sixth member of the Sinister Six. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think, who knows, maybe he's going to be uh, a villain at first. But I feel like this version of Venom has always been more of the anti-hero. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he switches sides. And who knows, that would be crazy 
if you got that Venom, you got Tom Holland, but also with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider Man versus like the other five uh, Sinister Six members. I think yeah. that would be a cool fight. Oh my god, that would be so good. And then and then we with a random uh cameo by Topher Grace. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just bring that venom back to uh, to basically have Tom Hardy's version bite his head off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anything that we can do to just basically wipe Spider-Man 3 from it. Uh, sorry Sam Raimi. I, I love your universe. Those first two uh, movies were awesome. The third one, eh, not so much. Especially uh that venom. Yes. Oh, Topher Grace. <laughs> you tried, but no no one could save that character in that movie. I know, but man, uh what, how was your theater when you when that footage came on the uh, on I guess Eddie Brock's screen? What was it first of all, was it a packed house? Second of all, was there a lo- loud what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> For me, I, I watched it in the middle of the day, so it wasn't that packed. Yeah. And the surprising thing is, people were still leaving before the post credit scene. And I was like, what are you guys doing? This is a Marvel movie. Like, even if it's not Marvel Studios, you're still going to get a post credit scene. At least me and the guy I was closest to on my right, he was the one, like, he seemed like he was a huge fan. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> Uh, me and him were probably like the only people in the whole theater uh, reacting. I don't know what was wrong with the people. I don't know. Different, uh, different crowd, I guess. Yeah. Well, the I, I I ended up watching Venom: Let There Be Carnage on uh, on opening night actually, and it wasn't as full as I thought it would be. Um, it wasn't too late of a show. It wasn't too early either. It was a seven fifteen. Um, and this time, well, I went with a group of four. And, you know, our friend, we have a friend named Joe Ash. He's a huge Marvel fan. We should probably get him on the podcast soon. Um, I should probably ask him. Anyway, his reaction was good. I think it was good enough for everything. Because, like, I, he basically verbalized everything. Because I was, like, just shocked. I, I was just, like, I couldn't say anything. I was, like, oh, they did it, basically. Yep. But then, like, my friend Joe Ash, our friend with Joe Ash was, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was, like, Yes. Because I, I felt the same way too, but more on the, I was more shocked and awed. It was so good. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited for that. Because this version of Venom is has been uh, sometimes not that good, but uh, super entertaining to watch at least. Yeah, you know what? After the fact, because I didn't get a chance to do it before uh, watching uh, Let There Be Carnage, I finally did get uh, uh, to watch the uh 2018 venom uh for the second time uh since basically i watched it in theaters three years ago and i actually liked it uh a little bit better than i originally watched it i i think i i was able to kind of sympathize with eddie brock a little bit more um and i felt like tom hardy seemed uh he did enough to be to be likable i agree i did rewatch it before the the second movie uh, watching the second movie and like that movie is actually pretty good except for the the freaking bad guy scenes and at least those scenes aren't too long and they're pretty like spread out and short so at least the pacing it doesn't come to a complete halt when it goes to those scenes i agree 
All right, so I guess we're on my portion of the double feature. Um, and so, you know, it's funny that the question that you asked me was actually the first one that I thought of. So I'll watch, I'll, I'll ask you my next question. And so obviously Venom, Let There Be Carnage uh, is essentially basically an hour and a half. It's a really short movie. Uh, Andy Serkis was just like, all right, basically all gas, no brakes, no filler. You know what? Here's the movie. Enjoy it. So, Jeremy, my question to you is, do you think that runtime was perfect or do you think it ran too short? Hmm. Hmm. I think for the most part, it was perfect. For the Mm. most part. I think it was good. I could have used a little bit more time, though. I think an extra 10 10 minutes or so. Uh, Just in a way... Because it's more like a buddy cop movie, right? And when Venom and Eddie break up, in a sense, it kind of reminds me of like Rush Hour or Rush Hour 2. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Oh my goodness, that's scary. (laughs) Like, you know that they're going to come back together at some point and like team up and become friends again. But I like that in Rush Hour, (laughs) they actually take a little bit of time and it's a little bit goofy. Yeah. Uh, when they're they're not like the 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 sad drama that they're experiencing separately, I think is always funny. I feel like they should have done something like that. Um, like on Eddie's side, he didn't really get to do that. Mm-hmm. Venom, kind of, you know, at his little rave thing. But yeah, other did, than yeah. that, yeah. um, they didn't really spend too much time apart. So I feel like another ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. It could have benefited from just like a little extra scene here and there for when they're separated. Kind of just to get, you know, especially for Eddie Brock, I think you're, at least to me, I was, it's like he is really not that special of a guy <laughs> without <laughs> he is, Venom. He really isn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's not the smartest guy and all that stuff. And I like how they mentioned it too. It was pretty much meta <laughs> when they're talking about like how he was like, oh yeah, he would probably be lost without him (laughs) you'd be dead pretty much yeah yeah and like i i did like that uh eddie was trying to prove himself when that's one thing i did like that eddie was trying to prove himself without venom uh but at the same time it's like for them to be complete they have to be together but i Mm -hmm. just feel like they should have showed how incomplete they are uh yeah when they're kind of separated can you imagine? Can you imagine if Venom did uh, the same thing that Jackie Chan did in Rush Hour Two? He's like, "All you wanted, all he really wanted, was a little mushu." <laughs> they should have done that, dude. Freaking and uh, <laughs> yeah, when he thinks he's dead and he's uh, freak. Was that wait? Was Rush Hour One where they were playing uh, P Diddy? No, that, that was the two? second one. That was that, two, I, right? Yeah. See, that's what I wanted. <laughs> they just do the same scene, dude. Like, just play that song again. <laughs> yeah because it was after he thought he died or whatever and, and he was doing the whole uh reminiscing reminisce one time <laughs> yeah see that's what i'm saying but uh other than that i don't think there's really any other places i would really add too much ah i do agree and disagree with you you said about 10 minutes you wanted to add you wanted to add a little bit more uh separate i uh, do that's perfect yeah f- for 10 minutes of that, add that, a uh, little bit more story, a little bit more uh, 
good writing dialogue a little bit more you know you could have some laughs you could have fun with it the other 10 minutes i would have loved one more like teaser battle between venom and carnage mm. because correct me if i'm if i'm wrong mm. we literally only got to see venom v carnage at the very end that's true how is that possible i <sighs> bro like that was like i guess my greatest nitpick was that we didn't get enough action um mm. well we're gonna be talking about best action sequence later on i saw you, you added it on the outline and i was like wait were there any <laughs> i have to kind of do a quick scrub on a uh, on a on a bootleg version just to make sure i didn't miss anything um of, of you know scenes that i missed or not so that's what i would add more action i yeah that's true yeah that's true a teaser a teaser fight would have helped for sure because i know there's like at least three major action sequences and Venom's only in that last one. one. Yeah. One. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you think about it, really, you only got Eddie Brock and uh, Woody Harrelson. I mean, they were both really good actors. I love that one scene when they met in the uh, in, in the cell when he was doing the, the interview or whatever. And then obviously you got that kind of exchange of... Uh, I guess blood or whatever. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that scene. That was good. I was like, dude, more of those guys on 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 the screen at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's just I feel like they were on screen for a good amount of time for the amount of time that was in the movie. Right, but, but were, I do. They yeah, worked I together. <laughs> I would agree with you though. Freaking another ten minutes of that would have been great too. It would have been perfect at one fifty. 150 would be a good runtime because, you know, two hours with this type of movie where it's not really, I mean, you're just introducing a new character or whatever. I, you know what? If I hate to do it, I could have used a little less shriek, a little bit, uh, a little less of their um, relationship. It, you know what? Shriek remind me a little bit of uh, I forget which Pirates of the Caribbean movie it was. Uh, I think it was yeah. the end of the second and the third one. It reminded me of that that uh, other character. I forgot what her, what her name was. It wasn't yeah, that I, memorable, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Yeah, definitely one of the weaker characters of the movie. Uh, I get why she was in there just because of her powers mostly. Yeah, and a little bit of um, a bit of a foil for Cletus Cassidy, but other than that, she didn't do too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I feel like she was. She got a little too much screen time. I think she. I I don't mind her in in the supporting role, but I feel like um, yeah, I, I feel like they could have cut her screen time just a little bit. I mean, not like by half or whatever, just a little bit, because. We got the premise. We we already got it. Like after a while, you know, her special special power is sound. I mean, her name is Shriek for for goodness sake. And obviously, she you know she's a comic book character. And then you know, with the symbiotes, they do not like sound and they don't like fire. So there you go. Yeah, I think they just added her to mostly explain and get into the head of Cletus Cassidy, which is a smart thing to do considering he's the main villain of the story. But yeah, I do agree that they could have like uh, toned down her runtime a little bit, especially when it's just her and that uh, psychiatrist or whatever, that one doctor lady. Oh, yeah. 
I so forgot th- about those it. scenes took yeah. a little too much time considering it's only an hour and 30 so mm-hmm. yeah so uh i want to ask the audience a little question basically that you, you guys can respond in any way that you want but the question is which spider-man villain do you want venom to face next uh ken do you have one right off the bat anyway that you want to mention am i cheating and saying spider-man <laughs> <laughs> no no not really <laughs> Not really. Okay, that's my final answer, Spider-Man. Just mm. because, you know, and that's the one thing I loved about the uh, the 90s um, cartoon was, you know, how he became, uh, how um, he became the black Spider-Man at first with the symbiote and then eventually um, spilled onto to Eddie Brock. And obviously Eddie Brock and Peter Parker were always, uh, I guess, rivals. And it, it just became a, like the perfect villain. And that's why I loved Venom because he was always basically the anti Spider-Man. And I love Spider-Man and, and two of my f- favorite characters going head to head against each other. That's, I don't know. Pretty cool. Mm, if I were to choose a Spider-Man villain though, that's not Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I would probably go with Craven the Hunter. Ooh. Okay. Uh, just because that's another, <laughs> I feel like he looks very nineties <laughs> also. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, I think that would be interesting just because it seems like Venom Venom is such a a predator type of character and Craven just I feel like is like a heightened human but at the same time can take on someone like Spider-Man and I think at one point in the comics Craven actually does get the symbiote also Ooh. uh but just the fact that, that that character is a little bit crazy he's a little bit uh, nuts as well uh to hunt the strongest thing in town pretty much I think would be a really good um would be a really good villain but I would actually have him on the Spider-Man side more than on mm. Venom but if I if they were to choose a villain for for Venom's next movie I would probably choose him So guys let us know um uh, on Twitter on Facebook what what villain you guys want that's at weekly real and uh, and our email, you can email us if you want. We read those, right, Ken? Yeah, we always read all your emails and DMs and PMs and DVDs and <laughs> HDTVs. <laughs> USBs that are sent in the mail and we don't know what's on them. <laughs> uh, what's our email, though? Oh, it's uh, <laughs> weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. <laughs> All right, I think we're getting a bit hazy. We'll just take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break. And let's jump straight into our weekly real awards for Venom Let There Be Carnage. The first award is going to be the Get Help Award for Favorite Comedic Scene. I I suspect a lot of these were going to be overlapping, (laughs) considering how short the movie is, Uh, but it's fine. So uh, I'll let you go first, though, for the Get Help Award. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I'm... I'm going to try to be a smartass with this one, but my I guess my winner for the Get Help Award for favorite comedic scene is the Mrs. Chenum scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I love the fact that uh, I guess that, you know, Venom, obviously, he, you know, he's kind of going on his bender and he's just, uh, 
you know, he's just kind of invading people's bodies. And obviously, they're not perfect symbiotes. And, he, you know, he kind of just stumbles in with this one random dude. Mrs. Chen thinks that he's uh, this guy's all like drunk and stuff, but it ends up being obviously being Venom. And he then occupies Mrs. Chen. And the scene after is so funny when uh, both Anne and Dan uh, come in. And when uh, Anne realizes that Venom is there, and then it transforms, and you see the eyes on yeah. the Venom eyes on Miss Chet. Literally, everyone was dying in our, in my movie theater. I I know I was I was hella laughing, and when uh when Anne was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna need to stroke Venom's ego a little bit mm. or whatever, and give him some compliments. And then the way that Mrs. Chen was kind of acting, or uh, I guess it would be Peggy Lou, the actress who's playing Mrs. Chen, and he, how she was like all. Like oh, <laughs> I was like oh, but then he was she was still speaking like Venom, dude. I I was dying the entire scene, dude. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, that was I forgot about that one. Yeah, because I even forgot that like the whole Venom eyes became on Mrs. Chen and all that stuff. That's that is a good one. Some you know sometimes the like in the first Venom when Eddie Brock jumps in the lobster tank and starts eating like raw lobsters. I thought that was kind of cringy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At least they they didn't really have stuff like that in this movie. We're they never really, yeah. <laughs> I thought this yeah. was good though, because <laughs> I mean that's really what Venom does. He'll try to, um, you know, it, and that's what the symbiotes do. They will try to bond with whatever body or host that they they occupy. Hmm. Which I guess it's pretty similar to my com- favorite comedic scene. It's going to be when Venom's at the rave and he's doing his, his speech. <laughs> because, yeah. But even just before that, when they're like, everyone thinks it's a costume. <laughs> yeah. Is that Japanese? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> doing the cosplay. <laughs> he's like, oh, everyone likes me. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious when he just walks up there and starts giving like this, like from the bottom of his heart monologue pretty much <laughs> it's like look at me now eddie <laughs> <laughs> i know it was like um it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of iron man in iron man 2 when he was kind of going through his bender and he was like uh like you know feeling sorry for himself because he thought he was dying yeah I, yeah i definitely got those vibes too and he's freaking wearing glow sticks around him <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was hilarious <laughs> And oh, I thought that was hella funny, just because. So how did, how are these people not scared of Venom, and the, just the stuff that he was saying it was, it was so genuine, but at the same time it was, it was like, it resonated with those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was hella funny. <laughs> well, I, I bet you they were there for a good time, and they're they probably were like yeah with whatever he was saying, just because it was such an awesome costume, quote unquote, quote unquote. Uh, the next award I want to give out is the Jensen Award, and you can choose either a underrated character or an underrated scene. So that's a pretty good one, the Jensen Award. Yeah, it's one of my favorite awards that we do give out. And I, <laughs> I, I was thinking, should I give it to an underrated character? Nah, I'll keep doing the same thing what, what I've been doing whenever we do give out the Jensen Award. I like to award it for most underrated scene. And so... You know, usually, um, I don't know if you remember some of my uh, past 
award winners they're usually they usually go to like meaningful like scenes they're kind of touchy-feely dialogue mm-hmm. scenes or whatever but this time i'm gonna go in a completely different route new season new me <laughs> i'm gonna go with actually my second favorite comedic moment <laughs> <laughs> sweet all right so the one that i wanted to bring up is uh remember when they kind of get back uh was it eddie and venom who's in Anne's body they finally get back together and they're trying to oh it's like oh we got to stop um we got to stop uh cletus and we got to stop shriek uh but obviously venom's looking for an apology (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah and so dude the dialogue and the writing was so good and that obviously venom is still um in or occupying Anne's body so she's kind of like she venom but not she doesn't look like she venom like in the first one uh but it's funny how when eddie finally gives that apology to venom it's like dialogue that you would hear like when a guy's trying to make up with a girl because he really is talking to a girl like his girl and but he's really mm-hmm. talking to venom which makes it a whole lot funnier and the dialogue's so good it's like uh i was a loser before i met you and uh now I'm someone. You made me special. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's so good. And then when, um, like later on in the scene, when, um, you know, he, he's like apologizing and, and that whole thing. And then remember, Ven- when Venom accepts the apology finally, you could still feel like Venom's still that wingman where he's trying to still get them together. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna give him a kiss or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, or whatever. And then, dude, the scene ends. Like the perfect way. Do you remember oh, how yeah. it ends? Yeah, with yeah. the double slap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He Dan. like shakes his hand and then slaps him in the slap face out of nowhere. And I, I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for just sudden slaps. I don't know why it's funny to me every time a sudden slap just happens. I don't know why. I mean, especially and, for someone like Dan, I think it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I forgot he was in the first one. That's how <laughs> that's how much I forgot about the 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 first one, and so I'm kind of glad I eventually watched it. Mm, yeah, he that character reminds me of the um, like he's like the discount version of the 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 stepdad in um, Ant Man. And oh Ant-Man yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're talking about the the cop. Yeah, yeah. So it reminds me of. Uh, my under I'm also going to go underrated scene uh, and it's going to be when Eddie it interviews Cletus Ooh, yeah just because good. that scene was pretty pretty intense yeah. at the same time you have to follow what Venom's saying at the same time and yeah Venom does kind of screw up by like pushing him forward because he's getting into Eddie's business pretty much mm-hmm. and I always find that it is kind of weird that he bit him and then you know, uh, that's how the symbiote gets transferred. That's a little weird. I don't know. It could be a little nitpick. Because, like, if he gets bitten by a dog, will the dog become, like, a symbiote dog? I don't know. <laughs> that's uh, a good question, it, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little bit weird, but I did really like that scene. Just because that's where you get to see them face-to-face mm-hmm. in their human forms. Yeah, I mean, scenes like that always reminds me of uh, scenes kind of like Silence of the Lambs, you know, with Clarice, hello, Clarice, you know, mm-hmm. just that whole um, get into the mind of a serial killer type deal. And dude, Woody Harrelson's always played that character really well, that sort of thing, because Woody Harrelson, I've, 
I feel like he's been an underrated character uh, for much of his career because he's been in a lot of stuff that I've watched that I've legitimately enjoyed. And he's got a lot of range in in the characters that he plays. So this is like another good character that he did. I just wish he was on screen a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, that's like every, well, even just Eddie in general. But uh, that's going to transition to my next award, the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. So um, there's not too many characters in this movie unless you want to choose uh, the cop Mulligan for your favorite character, but probably not. Um, did, who was your favorite character in this movie? Uh, I was trying to think outside the box, but I couldn't. Um, I'm picking Eddie. Eddie, um, played by Tom Hardy. Mm. Um, Eddie, just, not Venom? No, specifically Eddie. I was thinking mm. either Eddie or Venom. I went Eddie. Uh, and it was, uh, the reason why I did was, you know, just rewatching the first one again. It just reminded me of how likable of a character he he was, and and you know you felt really bad um, when you know he found out that Anne and Dan were engaged to be married, and it just set him on his tailspin. And I don't know, I just feel like this version of Eddie Brock is way more likable than uh, <clears throat> past iterations. Looking at you, <laughs> Topher Grace, um, but um, I don't know, I I I don't know. I always thought that Eddie uh, that. Tom Hardy's always been a good actor, and he does a really good job playing Eddie Brock. You know, I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to go with Eddie as well, just because I, I think they added more to his character in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like I said before, when he actually tried to be on his own, be his own guy, because like we said, or like Venom keeps saying in the movie, he's kind of a loser <laughs> in a way. Like he yeah. screwed, He screws up a lot. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that's what we like about the character because he's not a perfect character. He's not really a good guy, some, sometimes morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's always, it seems like he's trying to do the right thing, uh, even though he might not do it in the right way. Yeah. And plus in the beginning, you know, like he was already starting to get to his life together back, you know, obviously on the heels of losing Anne. Uh, initially losing like his whole uh, Eddie Brock report or I forget it was the Brock report, right? The Brock report, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously him getting another job at, uh, at the daily bugle West coast edition, mm. um, you know, at a reputable, uh, you know, publication that way he could do his thing uh, with being a reporter. So, you know, you could tell that he was still grinding and still be playing that underdog character, but obviously he had his, you know, his sidekick um, to kind of keep him in check. Yeah, so I did like it. It felt more like it was a sequel movie, but it did feel like a one point like five type of movie. Like you can watch watch them back to back, and they the the tone is pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, so I, but I do prefer this movie over the first one. Interesting. Yeah, I think overall, just yeah, we'll we'll get into that maybe in the. The I Love You 3000 award. I think we will. Uh, But I do want to ask you, what are you going to give for the Does Anyone Want to Get Out award for best action sequence? Oh, man. Well, this one's an easy one because, again, you mentioned it earlier. There wasn't that many. (laughs) Uh, I think there was three, just like you said. And I got to give it to that one action sequence uh, at the end or kind of the final battle scene. But specifically 
within the church, uh, right mm. as the Red Wedding was about to get started, because that's where you got a Venom and Carnage battle. Dude, the visuals were pretty. I I felt they were cleaner, definitely than the first one. Oh yeah, hell yeah, the, way cleaner actually. And uh, dude, the visuals were crazy i was just like whoa and then uh i love the color grading um and it really did seem like everything was kind of reddish golden you know had obviously the warm uh tones and everything but everything was just crazy and and we got to see venom and carnage finally do battle like an hour and 20 minutes no an hour and 10 minutes finally into the movie Yeah, I mean, that's how long it took for Batman and Superman to fight in the movie. <laughs> Jeez, I know. It's just Seriously. that, you know, that movie's three times long. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I did enjoy... Yeah, that fight is really good. D- definitely beats the Riot and Venom fight. Yes. Because they only fought once. And uh, they look the same <laughs> in that fight scene, so... I know that was the, <laughs> that was very confusing when I rewatched it. I was like, I didn't realize that Riot really looked similar to Venom. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a dark silver, and then Venom's like a black. Black. That's it. <laughs> come on. I was like, come on, co- uh, costume design or CGI or whatever. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just I don't know. I guess it's comic accurate colors, but doesn't make it easier to see. Um, I'm gonna mention since you mentioned that, I'm gonna mention the Carnage prison escape scene though mm. i yeah, thought that, that was really good yeah, just like good the the fear and how big he was if i really like the destruction of that scene i would have edited it a little bit differently though it was sometimes the the camera angles were too close up i wanted to see how like how big and massive he was uh sometimes i felt like the camera was too zoomed in and i couldn't right. really it was a little bit too much shaky cam even though it's a CGI character. Um, like I want to see Carnage in all his glory taking like going through the the prison. But other than that, I, I thought that was a really good action sequence. Yeah, like that one wide shot to be able to see the scope and the scale and everything. Similar to like, remember in Godzilla versus Kong when they first finally met uh, on the battleships or whatever? Remember they had that mm. one pan out shot or whatever where you got to see the uh, kind of the scope and how big the 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 two titans were basically kind of you know zooming out to see how big uh carnage was in comparison to just regular like prison guards and stuff yeah this the cgi action was really good the way they framed it in godzilla versus kong uh in this one i feel like they they were a little bit too zoomed in sometimes that's what kept me uh from enjoying the action a little bit more i see i see all right, well, let's jump into our favorite part of the episode. It's going to be the Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. And last week, uh, it's a bit anticlimactic <laughs> for uh, season opener, for season three opener. We both tied for Shang-Chi. And so the current score is one to one. Uh, and Ken, since you are, uh, you are the guest this episode... I guess not really guess, but I'm the one hosting. I'll let you go first. All right. Are you going to say it doesn't matter? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'll save that for later. <laughs> I'm going to actually get, uh, I had a hard time with this one. First and foremost, uh, it took me a while. I landed on 68%. Mm. All right. We're definitely not tying this time. I chose 74%. Ooh, okay. 
All right, just to remind the audience real quick, you know, we don't know each other's scores. We don't know what Rotten Tomatoes got, and we always choose our scores beforehand. So I'm going on Rotten Tomatoes right now to see what Venom got. Come on. Come on, man. Those are streaming movies. Ooh, here we go. So, Ken... You have officially taken the lead. Oh! Because the score, the Rotten Tomato score is 59%. Really? Oh, whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be that low. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that low either. Because the, uh, do you want to guess the audience score? Mmm. 75. 85. Oh, 85. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that low. 59%. So almost, almost fresh. Mm. Yeah, because it's 60, right? That's the minimum? Yeah. Dang. Uh, you know what? That's actually what I was thinking. Uh, uh, kind of a spoiler alert for I Love You 3000, the next award. But we'll get to that when we get to it. <laughs> like, Strangely, only of... only 170 reviews. That's not too many. Oh, for especially uh, being almost a week in already? Yeah, I'm surprised. Oh. But yeah, okay. you have officially... Taking the lead, two to one, going into next week. Because there's a belt on the line. Because there is literally a belt on the line. (laughs) An actual belt. And if you guys haven't seen that video yet, go uh, check it out on our YouTube, on uh, Instagram, Twitter. I think even has a link on there too, right? Yeah. Like... uh, yeah, subscribe to just search for Weekly Reel on on our uh, on YouTube, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, also on our uh, Instagram, we do have a link tree um, as our link in bio. Uh, we actually have all our links there um, on our link tree, including the trailer. So just click on that link tree um, link, and you'll see the direct link to the YouTube trailer. So definitely check it out. Yep. All right, for our final award of the night, it's gonna be I Love You Three Thousand Award. Uh, where we're going to rate it from 1 to 3,000. Uh, so, Ken, I'm kind of wary to hear your rating. So, uh, what'd you give it? Um, borderline fresh for the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I actually liked it more than Rotten Tomatoes, surprisingly. I thought it was going to be a, a worse score. I'm giving it an 1842, which roughly translates to 61.4%. Uh, there are parts that I liked. Uh, again, I feel like if they would have had a little bit more connective tissue, um, added twenty minutes, uh, it was it, it's basically similar in a much shorter format to Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. You know, the connective mm. tissue I felt like helped out, even though it made a three-hour movie three and a half <laughs> hours. At, you know, I could have used uh, the extra twenty minutes. We'll go from an hour and a half to about an hour and fifty. I think it would have been perfect for me. Mm. All right. Sounds sounds good. I know I've been hearing around those ranges from uh, other people that have watched it, but mine is going to be a little bit higher. It's going to be 2430 Ooh. out of 3000 just because so that's roughly around 80 percent. Yeah, Um, because I feel like my enjoyment was about the same as Black Widow. 
So and that's kind of like the same score I gave Black Widow. I was trying to like kind of remember, you know, try to keep track of our scores nowadays. Sometimes I just throw out some random, random scores. Don't listen to us too much about these scores, guys. <laughs> Especially the earlier ones. These I think are getting get a little bit more honed. We're gonna get more accurate with these future ones. Yeah, yeah. So I, I roughly liked the amount of Black Widow. Ah. Uh-huh. That's a good comparison. I, you know what? Um, and just to kind of reveal, just because we both recently watched the Venom 2018, I did like the first one more, even though mm-hmm. I felt like the villain was way worse than the, the first one than the second yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just loved all of the uh, Eddie Brock and, and Venom scenes, like leading up to it. I didn't realize how much they actually um, were symbiotic in that first one. And so, mm. especially since it kind of took a while for them to actually mesh. You know, one thing, one scene I did like really like in the first one was when, uh, Venom for the first time in his apartment starts, uh, fighting against the other goons using yeah. Eddie's body and then transitioning into the motorcycle, uh, chasing. chasing. I thought that was really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, one of the standouts, but for me, I think the villain just kills it for me. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't he wasn't too bad. So I, I like Riz Ahmed. I think uh, from yeah. a few things that I do, I just didn't like Riz Ahmed as um I forget his character. He ended up being Riot. I forgot his um, Elon Musk. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like he could have been a little bit more menacing a little bit. And and I feel like he has the, the chops to do it. I just don't think he actually quite got there. But I I do like Rizamit. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him too. I just kind of feel like the character was a bit miscast when you're going opposite against Tom Hardy. Yeah. In in human form. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's it. I mean... But like I said, they're kind of like one one A and one B type movies to me. True, true. Oh, just one last random thing uh, about Tom Hardy. <laughs> At times, I don't think I heard it much in the first one, but in the second one, dude, there are times when he really sounded like Bane. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially sometimes, even like as as Venom, he he uses his natural accent. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it does sound like Bane, dude. I'm like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good uh do you want to preview what we're watching for next week or what we're what we're going to be talking about for next week yeah actually you know what we're recording this episode on the 6th of october so you might want to say that tomorrow is the 007th of october um so anyway next week there's your hint 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 007 we are getting reacquainted with an individual with a license to kill we meet again Bond, James Bond, in Daniel Craig's final appearance as James Bond in the much-anticipated and much-delayed No Time to Die. How pumped are you for this movie? Dude, so <laughs> delayed. <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to see this movie two years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, two years ago. It was supposed to come out in November of 2019, I think. Yeah. Uh, even before pan- the pandemic, but man, am I excited because as long as this movie it has a better conclusion than Spectre, then <laughs> yeah. that's that's all it really needs to do. But I hope it's going to be better than that. You know? Yeah. I mean, I try to stay away from reviews or just finding out certain things 
I'm hearing some good things about it, but I'll that's all I'll say. I'm mm. hearing some good things about it. Yeah, because I feel like Daniel Craig deserves uh, um, a satisfying ending to his Bond franchise. Yeah, I agree because, man, I just rewatched Casino Royale yesterday. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It's still good 15 years later. Yeah, that movie does not get old, dude. Just everything about that movie is so good. Uh, do you have any uh, plugs that you want to, you know, plug <laughs> uh, for this week where, where they can follow you on the social medias or anything? Uh, nothing to plug, but yeah, you you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. Well, Instagram when it's not down like it was this past Monday. Uh, you true. can follow me <laughs> at free Ken A and the, the spelling will be in the notes. Yeah, if you want to follow me at JP underscore flicks on Instagram, that'll probably be the, the best place. Still working on that little project. No release date as of yet, but I'll definitely keep you guys up to date here on the podcast and on Instagram over there. All right, Ken, do you have any uh, final closing thoughts for Venom Let There Be Carnage? I should have probably uh, saved that uh, that Bane thing for, for right now. But, uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope. Didn't it look really weird, though, in the post-credit scene? This, this is my final thoughts also. The post-credit scene, when, he, when Tom Holland was on the screen, didn't he just look too happy to, to be revealed <laughs> that he was Spider-Man? <laughs> in, I know. In, in that, like, is that B-roll clip of of Tom Holland just hanging out on set or something. Cause he was like smiling like, Oh yeah, look, I'm Spider-Man. I wonder if that's actually going to be footage that we'll eventually see in no way home. Um, I don't know if it's, if he's actually smiling or if he's just like, Oh, what the, I don't know. It It's going to be weird. I don't know. I have to rewatch it again. I've only seen it that one time. Yeah. Cause he looked somewhat confused, but at the same time he looked, not worried enough, yeah. <laughs> you know, that his uh, identity got revealed, especially since he's still really a high school kid. Yeah. And he's literally just standing there super still without his mask on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, here, look, guys, Venom's in the MCU and that's Tom Holland. Uh, I thought that was a weird B-roll clip to put in there, but, you know, it gets the job done, I guess. Yeah. Well, do you think we'll see uh, Tom Holland in Venom 3? Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? What if he? What if you'll get your wish and he's the villain? Oh. Or I doubt it though. They wouldn't do it. I don't think Sony would. wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I they, know. Marvel maybe. You know, like Captain America versus Iron Man, but not, not Sony. They they wouldn't do it. If anything, they'll they'll pull a Batman versus Superman and fight another version of Carnage at the end. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I feel like they. I I don't think they would be able to. I don't think they would be able to interweave a storyline where we'll get Black Spider-Man, where you know, obviously, he gets it's a symbiote version of uh, Peter Parker, so that he'd be a quote-unquote villain. So yeah, that's true. Ooh, yeah, because a good villain would be a black-suited Spider-Man. Yeah, but I don't think Tom Holland's Peter Parker has gone through anything bad enough for the symbiote to attach onto him. Mm, yeah, compared to you know the other. Spider-Man's. Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Toby. 
Spider-Man? Yeah, the, yeah, the bad one. But guys, uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode on Venom Let There Be Carnage. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of the movie and uh, go watch No Time to Die and let us know so we can all discuss it together. Uh, follow us to get notified next week, like I said, for James Bond's No Time to Die. Until then, we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>